conversation since the first day had been light, limited to matters like television, politics, towns, and trains. Perhaps due to the purposefulness with which we walked now, it became more serious. Lonnie talked about why he thought it was important for me to be on the road, about the need for everyone to get away from parents and teachers, to do something on his own, to discover, but almost in the same breath about how eventually I'd have to straighten myself out if I were going to amount to anything in this world. Lonnie assumed my alienation from society. I asked him about his own situation. Well, you know, where I really want to be, I know that'll never work. He was talking about a home in Reno with his wife and kids. His marriage had been a failure, he conceded sadly. But before long, his tone had turned from regret to expectation. What I'm doing now is experiment. It relieves the pressure that took up 18 years of my life. That was an experiment, too. But now I know I don't want it. I don't want any more kids. I don't want to get back into the obligated thing. Now I'm going to do a little living, the things I want to do. Like I said, what I'm doing now, what you and me both doing, is experimenting. We're experimenting for knowledge. I think you got to do it. You a fool not to do it. We passed behind a food processing plant. Lonnie picked up a piece of sugar cane and gnawed on it as we walked.
broaden my mind to the point where I can deal with anything that comes along. It adds to me as a man who wants to live like a common vegetable. I told Lonnie I agreed wholeheartedly, but that sometimes you can get enough of experimenting. Sometimes you want something normal and dependable. Well, that's why I'm going to get that job, Lonnie said. Then I'm going back home to St. Louis and see my mama. Why don't you just go to St. Louis and see her now? I demanded, tired of having my ears filled with improbable plans. Oh man, you don't understand. My folks put me through school. I had two years of college in St. Louis. My sister went too. We were the onlyest ones in my family, and the onlyest blacks at the whole school. You know, Mama didn't have no school at all. Mama picked cotton in Franklin Parish her whole life. But she wanted me to go to college real bad, and so I did. But here I am now, college educated, and you're saying, go home and visit your mama when I'm a tramp? No way, man, not never. First, I'm gonna get me that van and have something to show for myself. Now I see, I said. Morning had come before we reached San Jose. Lonnie thought the tracks would take us right into town, but apparently we missed a turn and ended up walking through a large upper middle class neighborhood. People were awake now, picking up their morning papers and backing cars out of their driveways to go to work. The place reminded me of home and I walked leisurely down the sidewalk. But Lonnie felt very self-conscious, especially with his black eye. The last mile to the mission was nearly a sprint. We spent the day lazing around San Jose and in the evening joined the long line waiting for admission to the Salvation Army. When Lonnie heard the rumor that an ID was required for admission, he nibbled nervously on his beard. What's wrong, I asked. When I was beat up, they took my ID. Well then, let's go somewhere else. No, no, maybe I can make it. Look, if you get in and I don't, maybe we can meet somewheres in the morning. Sounds good to me. How about the post office at 8? Gotcha. I 
the sun fell from the sky There we said our last goodbyes Voices sail, cut the line I could wait till the end of time Say the world, would you be my girl? Swallow the sea, could you fall for me? Say the world, would you be my girl? Swallow the sea, could you fall for me?
Black Blast Muni Radio out of them. Keep it listening.
out of here. Where am I going to go? I need Steve.
don't know it, but I've made my mind up. You wind up in my arms. First, I'll have to break down your resistance to my charms. Yes, darling. I know it won't be easy, but I won't stop until I find a way. Everybody knows that Rome wasn't built in a day. How I'll make it. Happen, I'm not certain. I'm working on the plan. And when I get it tight, you believe I'm your man. You don't know it yet, but you surrender. When I make my play Everybody knows that Rome Wasn't built in a day I'll offer you protection 24-hour love and affection It'll take time to make it right Take a look at what the Pharaoh did When he built his pyramid Everybody knows that didn't spring up overnight There will be a celebration And a silver band will play Everybody knows that Rome wasn't built in a day. Ooh, everybody knows that Rome wasn't built in.
FM.
Männer stugan har
I'm on top of a mountain. Ah, it's miserable up here. I'm running my guts out. My dog's so sore-footed he can't walk. My knee's all screwed up. And I mean my horse's ribs and bones, mother. This is, it's impossible.
Anthropologists would save the language while the Navajos themselves died. As I sat on the hard bench, I felt that an anthropologist was the second to last thing in the world I wanted to be. A Navajo was the very last. 
I tried reading a newspaper, but Lonnie's absence played on my mind. Why did Tramps just disappear like that? My disappointment at losing him turned into a general despair with the whole Tramp world. It wasn't just Lonnie's way to disappear like that, it was Pete's, and Bill's too, and it bothered the hell out of me. Tramp hellos were very nearly as abbreviated, shorn of the handshaking, embracing, and smiling used by everyone else to say, I'm glad to see you. Tramp conversation could be animated and genial, but the intimacy that it implied was largely an illusion. In fact, it seemed to me that tramps resisted closeness with each other more than any people I'd ever met. A friend found this a very unlikely observation. All alone like that? I think they'd really want to make friends, he said. I tried and tried to discover an explanation for why it wasn't so, to recall anything a tramp might have said to me about keeping one's distance. I suddenly remembered an incident during my three days in Elko, Nevada. The jangling of cans and bottles woke me where I was sleeping inside one of the little rooms of the jungle in the abandoned corral. Someone had tripped over the alarm, a piece of black nylon cord strung close to the ground at the entrance to the corral. Tied to one end and balanced on a post was an assortment of old bottles and cans that fell off when the line was pulled. I looked up. A tall, middle-aged tramp recovered his balance and paused at the threshold of the corral. He gave a little wave. Saw your fire when my train rolled in, partner, he said. Okay if I join you for a minute? I waved him in coolly, with his brand new clothes, shiny shoes, clean-shaven face, and clean, close-clipped fingernails. He did not look like a tramp just off afraid. But as I put on some coffee water, he explained himself. He was just in from Salt Lake, just out of a week-long marriage to a Mormon woman. Oh, I thought it was going to be great, he said, talking excitedly. She wasn't the best-looking thing, but she was rich. Big old house, nice car. She bought me all this shit, he said, gesturing at his clothing. New pants, floor shimes, the works. But after a couple days, I couldn't stand her. She was jealous, he said, of the friendliness between him and her mother. She walked the house at night holding a pair of scissors in her hand. I could just see her stabbing me with those things through the sheets, you know what I mean? Those nice satin sheets. He looked momentarily wistful. But she was taking pills at night, talking to herself. Shit, I couldn't sleep either. She messed with my head. Finally, he said, I put my boot in her ass and split. His bedroll was made up of the covers from their bed. He talked nervously but without stopping, like one who'd had nobody to talk with for a long time, who had just been through an experience that he desperately needed to share, no matter that the details were intimate, and I, a complete stranger. I met her in a store three weeks ago, he explained. I was just shopping. That sounded unlikely, but he stuck to it. I saw her in there a few times, and then I asked her out. Before long, she'd driven him to Elko, and they were married in the Wedding Bells Chapel, the garish storefront wedding parlor I'd seen downtown. That part of 
Since few tramps had stopped by in the past couple of days, I'd bought a bottle of wine in the hope that it would help me meet some. Noticing that the gunboat of coffee water had boiled down, I brought the wine out. The tramp looked very pleased. Name's Monty, he said, after taking a very long swallow. Sonny, I returned, adding only that I was just in from California. I took a sip of wine and was quiet, having no similar experience to share. That did not slow down Monty. His talk hopscotch from Louis L'Amour, his favorite author of Western novels, to cotton fields in Texas where he'd worked in prison, to movies. Almost single-handedly, Monty finished three-quarters of the bottle, and it occurred to me he'd probably done so on an empty stomach. Wine is a strange mocker, he said all of a sudden. In the end, it stings like an adder. Where'd you hear that? sounded like the kind of thing they might pound into your head at a detox center. Monty shifted his big frame unsteadily on the small, overturned bucket on which he sat. Eh, just picked it up, he said, clearly beginning to lose his sense of balance. That's what got Cleopatra, you know, an adder. He went on to tell me the story of Antony and Cleopatra, speaking more slowly now. She one day just asked to leave her started crying. That's what gets me when they turn on the water. Big horse turd tears. For the first time, Monty was quiet. He looked down at the ground, his head resting in his hands. A tear dropped into the dust between his feet. Monty reached for his gear and, to my surprise, produced a bottle from his own bedroll. But he barely unscrewed the top when he began to weep open. It was going to be great, he sobbed, uncontrollably now. I thought I found me a brand new slot. I placed my hand on his shoulder and Monty really let loose. It was his fourth marriage, he said. What really had happened was she kicked him out. He didn't think you'd ever be able to live with a woman. His first wife left him for his best friend. The second just disappeared one day. And now this... Now this, he sobbed. Brother, don't you ever fall in love. Take
Classic on Uni Radio with our brown cousin Milar. Uni Radio. Got a website, donate some money. Please.
Where did you get the, the roll of film? Did you find it? No, I had my folks bring it from the States when they came. Oh. So I think you can find it. Uh, you can get yeah, like the You can too. get color and you can get it developed, but I don't know.
Bora que eu vou ter a rosa lá daí.
ऐतिहासिक क्षण बनाई दिन तिना Dot.fm, thanks for listening. Come back. You deserve it.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. 